There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Let me pray. If you keep your Bible open uh, where you are, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for drawing near to us this day. Thank you that you continue to speak life. Thank you that you have the words of eternal life. Thank you that you continue to give your gift of love and shed it abroad in our hearts. And Father, we pray this day your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll have a quick look. We, this is going to be relatively short, so, but I'm going to have a look at a few things in this passage. Some of you will know this passage really well. Um, some of you won't know it that well, but that's fine. Uh, but I just want to draw your attention to a few things. For those of us uh, in the room here, not all of us will have done this, who've had children, the experience of seeing your own children born is one of the most extraordinary, profound, and life-changing experiences. However, I have to say, I am regularly reminded that I wasn't the one pushing when I say that. But actually, you don't forget it. A new life, the gift of life, it's precious, it's stunning, and it's full of possibilities. The Gospel of John contains some amazing images that Jesus used to try and capture people's hearts, capture their imagination, and captures their lives. Those who know John's Gospel will know that Jesus, John records the fact that Jesus says things like, I am the light of the world. I am the vine. I am the way. Look at your Advent candles. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that might help you. I am the bread. And today's picture, Jesus says, you must, in verse 7, 
be born again. Spiritual birth. You must be born again. Now, actually, there's a whole load of uh, anxiety around this phrase in the church, particularly over the last 20 years, and I haven't got time to talk about that. But notice what Jesus says. This is Jesus saying it. You must be born again. So what is it about? Firstly, really? New birth? What's that about? So let's look at verse 1. Nicodemus, this man Jesus calls to come to new birth, is it calls for new birth, is exactly the kind of person we generally don't think needs it. I mean, look at him. If you know anything about the traditions, you'll realize that in verse 1, he's a member of the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin. That basically means he's rich, he's learned, he's an old man, he's successful, he's part of the establishment. This is a man who the world would say has got it. In fact, Jesus even says to him in verse 10, you are Israel's teacher. However, you need to be careful in reading this. He is not a spiritual searcher. How do we know that? Because that, but he is someone who's on a mission. Look at verse 2. We see Jesus, well, we'll come to that in a second, but he comes to Jesus and the commentators all agree on a stormy night. He comes in the dark. In verse 2, he speaks for other people, not for himself. We know, he says. He's here to represent a group of people who have a particular view of what the world should be and what should be right. And bear in mind, the establishment is broadly against Jesus. They're anti-Jesus, broadly. So Nicodemus in this place is like a politician, maybe the easiest way of understanding it. He's recognized his teaching is a bit amazing. These sounds have done amazing miracles. But who is he? Maybe he could become part of us. Maybe we could kind of incorporate Jesus into what we do. Jesus looks at him in a really straight way and says, you, Nicodemus, must be born again. Jesus Christ's call to both Nicodemus and also to the establishment to, to actually all people who are deeply moral and deeply religious is, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not what I came to do. Bear in mind, he's coming to the most impeccably moral person, this Pharisee, and he says basically to him this, is that you, everybody starts in a way of saying at ground zero. Everything you've done in your past counts for nothing. If you want to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, everything starts from now with me. Nothing you've done before will, will count in the kingdom of heaven. And this is hard teaching. And potentially hard for us in our own culture to take today. Jesus says everybody must be born again. You, me, all of us. It's what a Christian is. And the, but the beauty of this is this, is that actually whatever your background, however many bad things you've done, whichever culture around the world you've been part of, whatever your temperament, however good or bad your parenting was, however, whatever gender you are, whatever your personal history, you can be born again. You can be born again. But he's saying to Nicodemus, 
Nicodemus, your understanding of all things to do with faith and spirituality needs to be thought again. New birth. Do I mean that it's that important? Yes, Jesus says it. The new birth is crucial, it's critical, it's central, but it is really radical. So a few things about what this new birth might be all about. Jesus is saying that new birth is a whole new thing. It's not adding on to everything that you've done before if you want to become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And what that means for us, one of the great excitements for us is that gives us a new identity. It gives us a new power in our lives. It gives us a new status in our life as God's children. We begin to feel different as we invite God into our lives. Our priorities begin to change. We really do shift our identity from being the kingdom of this earth into the kingdom of heaven. In other places in the Bible, Paul talks about putting on the new self and putting off the old self. Putting on a new life and a new way of life. The famous um, philosopher and Christian, someone you may have heard of, called Augustine, lived many centuries ago. And before he was a Christian, actually in practice he was a sex addict. But after he was converted, um, after a number of years, he went back to a town that before he was converted, he used to be, be there. And he came up, um, bumped into a woman who he used to have a casual sexual relationship with. This woman who he bumped into after many years uh, greeted Augustine. Augustine was warm, he was kind, he was nice, but he was different. And she didn't know, who hadn't seen him for many, many years, how to take this. Eventually he said goodbye. And as he walked away, she thought, Do you know, maybe he didn't actually realize who I was. So she called after him and said to Augustine, Augustine, it is I. He turned and said, I know, but it is not I. He remembered. He didn't have amnesia. He wasn't pretending. But things had changed. Things were different. There were different things shaping, molding, driving his life now. And when Jesus uses the term born again, He's talking about the life of the Spirit coming to us. Look at verses 5 to 8, these beautiful bits of verses that are so so well known. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. The Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So what Jesus is saying is simply to be born again means at a certain point, God's Spirit comes into you. His Spirit gives birth to new life in you, a spiritual birth. He implants it deep in our hearts and our lives. And so, actually, when God gets the business business in our lives, new desires, new motivations, new power, new life starts to take shape in our life as the life that God has planted in us. It's a bit like being replanted. Trying hard won't produce anything. However hard you try, if the seed hasn't been planted, 
Even I know that in gardening, and really I know nothing about gardening. You need a new life. Here Jesus says, I tell you the truth. No one, he uses beautiful word actually, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Why? And actually this is a challenge to us. Remember Nicodemus comes as somebody deeply learned, deeply able, actually comes to Jesus as, as a teacher. And he recognizes possibly in Jesus somebody who else is, a, is another teacher. But Jesus is saying to him this, is that you're coming as a teacher, but I've come as a saviour. I've come as your saviour. I am a teacher, but I've come as your saviour. I haven't come just to teach you more. I've come to bring you a whole new life. I've come to save you because you can't save yourselves. Jesus Christ comes into the world he lives, he dies, he rose again and shows his extraordinary love for us. Why? To save us. To be born again changes everything. Everything, everything is new. So how does this, how does this help us this morning? Maybe just to think about how do we receive him? Later on in John's Gospel, if you had some time, a bit more time, we might look at it. In chapter 7, verse 51, we see Nicodemus, actually, as someone who's deeply challenged by Jesus' teaching. Later on in the account of Jesus' life, we see Nicodemus um, standing up for Jesus in, in front of the, like the Sanhedrin, which means that in the intervening time between this encounter that we've just read about and later on, Je- um, Nicodemus has begun to listen to Jesus. He's trying to make sense of Jesus. As a learned man, he has tried to understand, and he's recognized that there's something different about it. So when we're born, the baby, remember, doesn't do anything. Being born again, the image of being born again, the baby has no say in whether it's born or not. It's the mother who does all the work. The mother has brought this life into the world through the mother's labor. The baby is brought into the world through the mother's pain, through the mother's suffering, through the mother's care. One of the great beauties of being born again in a Christian, it is an act of grace. It's an act of grace. But that grace is shown through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who lived, who died painfully on a cross and then was risen again so that you could have life and I could have life eternal. What we see in Nicodemus' life is that in this encounter it's quite challenging, but then through John's Gospel we find Nicodemus has listened, he's begun to look. The last verse that we talk about in, in verse 15 here, Jesus calls him to believe. How we receive this life is through believing and trusting and receiving the life of God that's on offer. And then there's an amazing bit in, at the end of John's Gospel, towards the end of John's Gospel in John, John 19, 38, where we actually see Nicodemus and Joseph together serving and tending to the dead Jesus' body. Jesus has been crucified and actually Nicodemus, along with Joseph, has taken the body. Now this wasn't the kind of thing 
that men at those times did. This was what was considered to be women's work. But something had changed in Nicodemus's life. Something had changed his heart. In the middle of John's Gospel, in John 16, Jesus says this, In a little while you will see me no more, pointing towards his death. But then he says, A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Jesus Christ, therefore, is the mother. He will die in the labor. He will die on the cross. He will shed his blood for you and I. But out of his extraordinary love for us, even, if he, even as he dies, he will bring about new life in us because we're worth it in God's eyes. Nicodemus, through his life, not necessarily in this counter, but we see, eventually seemed to get, he listened, he looked, he trusted, and ended up serving Jesus right at the end. And actually, Nicodemus, in many ways, can be really good for some of us, because some of us have a very dramatic experience of God. And actually, we just know we know the moment. But actually, Nicodemus is someone in story who we see through the journey of John's Gospel that at the start, he came with sort of mixed motives, but eventually, he got there. And everybody is different. Jesus treats us every day with longing to show himself, longing to reveal himself, longing for us to receive his life. So this, this morning, the invitation is, will you look? Will you listen? To Jesus? Will you put your trust in Jesus? Will you invite the Spirit of God afresh to bring you new life today? I'm just going to take a moment to be still, uh, be quiet. I'm going to pray, actually, it's a believer's prayer that we prayed at Alpha, and I'm going to say that, and if you want to join in with me, that's fine, and then I'll just pray after that too. Maybe many of us are Christians, but I just want to pray that for us to give them the opportunity to join in with that. So let's just be still for a moment. Consider in our own hearts. In your own, if your own hearts or in minds, just uh, follow this prayer or join in with it in your own minds. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your amazing love. I'm so sorry for the wrong things I've done in my life. Why don't you take a moment to name before God anything that you know you've done wrong and haven't confessed to him yet. Please forgive me. I turn from everything I know is wrong and turn towards you. Thank you 
that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. Father, I receive your gifts and your gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And Heavenly Father, I pray afresh for those of us who've been Christians a long time too. We reaffirm what it meant to commit ourselves to you, but we also pray that the seed that has been planted in us, that, Father, you would come afresh by your Spirit and water it and would come to life. Father, thank you that as you pour your life into us, that you bring to life what's already planted in there when we came to you. Father, would be a growing, an extending, a flourishing, and a thriving. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to just respond and offer the Lord our hearts afresh. So would you like to stand?